What's going on, everybody? My name is Seth Aspelson. Thank you for joining me here on Locked on Coyotes. We're back again. Um, another late Wednesday night this time. The Coyotes, kind of a quiet day. Not too much uh, going around or going on around them. Um, a well-deserved off day as they went to Alberta, picked up three out of four points, and uh, get a chance to come back home, rest up for a day before having to play the Columbus Blue Jackets tomorrow at home. So a good opportunity for the Coyotes to maybe take a breather, um, get some much, again, much-deserved rest, and see if they can get back in the swing of things as uh, the Coyotes have uh, played well so far through the beginning of the season, 9-4-2. and two, The moment that's on pace for 109 points, which would be uh, well enough, especially in years past, to make the playoffs. Maybe even good enough for a division title. Now, obviously, they got to keep playing the way they are, but um, all things have uh, been good for them up to this point as they continue to try and roll through, I think, especially in the Western Conference with the most consistent team that you've seen. Um, tough loss last night. Uh, we'll jump into that as uh, get a, another day to digest that loss. But the Coyotes in the Western Conference, maybe the most consistent team that I've seen. Uh, you know, a, a lot of teams in their division have been kind of up and down. Edmonton started out hot at last check. They were down 3-2. to two. To the St. Louis Blues, that game ends 5-2. to two. We'll talk about that uh, later on. So, um, you know, the Oilers starting to kind of fall off the table a little bit. The Coyotes, if they could have picked up a win last night, they would have, have, would have the exact same record as the Edmonton Oilers. But unfortunately for them, dropped a game to Calgary. And I think that game last night, again, is... One you don't want to see, right, uh, whether you're a fan, whether you're a part of the team, whether you're just kind of watching, that's painful to watch the way that game ended. And I think it speaks to two things. I think one is just the brutal schedule that they have. Again, nobody's going to feel sorry for them, and I understand that, but uh, just a, a real tough travel day. And again, the Coyotes aren't going to ask anybody to feel bad for them. They know what, they, uh, what the business is like, a lot of veterans on that team. So uh, I don't doubt that. This team will rebound, uh, get a chance to play a couple opponents that aren't feeling too good about themselves. Again, you can't look past anybody in the NHL, especially the Blue Jackets. John Tortorella, no matter what talent he has on his team, always has his guys ready to go. I think in terms of uh, bad John Tortorella years, uh, really just the one year in Vancouver was probably uh, the one where you point and you say that, that wasn't really good, I think. He didn't have the right players, the players that fit his system when he went there. Vancouver, a little more free-flowing, a little more high offense. And John Tortorella, he likes those guys that grind it out, that block shots. Uh, he's definitely one of those coaches that a little more old school, back to the early 2000s, mid-2000s, before the lockout. Uh, he won. He was the coach that led the Lightning to the Stanley Cup prior to the 2004-2005 season-ending lockout. So that's really when the game changed, was coming out of that lockout. Different rules. Um, you could dump the puck in on the offsides. You didn't have to wait. As long as you're not touching it, you can throw it in the corner. And delay game penalties and, and the icing punishments. It didn't used to be like that. You used to never get punished for icing the puck or throwing it out of play. So because of that, you've seen the offense go up. 
and I think the strategy changed a little bit, but it hasn't really changed too much for John Tortorella. It's grinded out. And with the Coyotes, I don't doubt that they could play that type of game, but it's definitely not the game they want to play, right? I think it's a game that um, benefits the Blue Jackets. Again, a team that 5-7-3, and three, just not finding the success they did last year, missing their two big pieces from that run last year. So um, just a, a tough go so far for the Blue Jackets, but they're motivated. They're not too far out of it quite yet again they're five seven and three it's not like they're uh crazy out of uh, the race quite yet they're at 13 points which in the east a lot of teams are starting to run away at the top of it at least uh, but when you take a look at uh, what's in the wild card area right now montreal at 18 and montreal hasn't looked uh, spectacularly impressive they did beat the coyotes last week um, and they did pick up a really impressive win over the Golden Knights, but uh, a little inconsistent, I think, at the moment. But, uh, again, Columbus, not too far out of it right now. A team that they get a couple wins in them and, and things could be turned around. But um, an ugly stat for them, they minus 17 goal differential. They've scored 35 goals on the season, and uh, at the moment that's, Tied for the least in the Eastern Conference with the Detroit Red Wings, who did pick up a goal tonight. Um, take a look over in the West. The only team in the West that has less is the Chicago Blackhawks. So um, a tough team for, or uh, a tough go right now offensively for Columbus. Defensively, not the prettiest either, but it's one of those where Again, a couple wins, and, and they're back in it, and they're rolling an Eastern Conference that is very top-heavy. Uh, I think even when you look at the wild card, Florida, Montreal, Pittsburgh, obviously one of those teams has to not go in. You know, between that, I think, again, Buffalo might fall off the table a little bit. So uh, good shot for Columbus if they can get it turned around, but they'll, do, they'll try and do that in... Arizona tomorrow and again back to the point the Coyotes they get Columbus and then Minnesota who's uh, really reeling Bruce Boudreau probably on the hot seat though they did pick up a big win in Anaheim last night so a good chance for the Coyotes to continue to build off what they've done and, and what they've done is they've come out and they've played a consistent brand of hockey which I don't think you've seen in Arizona for a long time now the best teams at least regular season-wise, are, are the most consistent, right? You look at Colorado, very inconsistent last year, kind of hit a roadblock in the middle of the season, had to gain all that ground back up, and they made the playoffs. Coyotes in the same situation, very inconsistent, would win five games and lose four. They'd give them right back, but um, now this team, the way they're playing, it doesn't feel like they're going to give it back, right? When they lose a game, you don't think, okay, well, here it comes. This is it. Uh, you know they're in trouble. They're not going to be able to rebound. I think this is a team that has a lot more veterans, a coach that understands his team or what it takes to get a team out of a, a bad loss. Rick Tockett has been through a lot of those in his time at Pittsburgh. Again, a bad loss doesn't necessarily mean you know it ends the way the game did against Calgary last night. It's just you know sometimes you'll lose a game that you have to have. Um, especially when you play on playoff situations like the Penguins had when Tockett was an assistant coach. 
so Tockett knows how to kind of pull those guys uh, together after a, a devastating loss. Same thing with Kessel. Again, before Stepan came to Arizona, he was in New York, went to a Stanley Cup final. Michael Grabner went to the playoffs a lot. So a lot of guys that can help this team really uh, get pulled out of a funk and uh, the Coyotes the opportunity to continue to play that consistent hockey and really get into a groove again and, and continue rolling as uh, some of the, the teams at the top of the Pacific Division starting to, to fade away a little bit. And this is the time of the year, really in November, you start to see, okay, was that first month a fluke? I think right now for the Oilers, you're starting to see that tested a little bit. I think you're starting to see that, again, offensively, they're a two-man show. So um, a chance to strike. I don't know if the Canucks are ever going to slow down. That might be a tough one for the Coyotes. But right now, two teams that look the best in the Pacific, at least from what I've seen, are Vancouver and Arizona. So Arizona just got to come back out, continue to play consistent hockey, and uh, find a way to win two games that are not only winnable games, but games that I think a lot of people are expecting them to win. Again, that game is on Thursday night. And whether you head out to the game, whether you're going to watch it at home, whether you're going to head to a friend's house, you should treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you. How do you do that? You do it with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners, which is you, can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code Locked On. Once again, you, the listener, $5 off on your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code Locked On. Now, I'm not sure... If uh, any of you, I'm sure those of you listening have at least heard about it, but the uh, absolutely disgusting article by Mark Spector that was written uh, after the Coyotes defeated the Edmonton Oilers 3-2, to um, getting a lot of criticism and not a lot of support. Even uh, Oilers fans, at least for the most part, are definitely condemning that article. I think it's one that was supposed to be a fire starter, I think, uh, generates clicks, right? If you're a columnist, that's that's what you want to do. You want to generate clicks and generate buzz. And I'll give that to Mark Spector. He did that. But I think to use a hockey team that is proving that it's turning things around to prove a point is, is foolish, right? I think uh, the Coyotes are going to be better than the Oilers. The Coyotes have up and down more talent. Sure, the top line doesn't match with what Dreisaitl and McDavid are, but defensively, I would take any defenseman on the Coyotes. Uh, I would take Labushkin over any defenseman on uh, the Oilers, maybe Sands Darnell Nurse. I don't think Chris Russell's even that good, but um, you know the, the Coyotes from top to bottom are better than the Oilers, especially when you look at uh, the forward group and to go out and try to use the Coyotes as a stepping stool and trying to slam the organization, I think is foolish, especially when it's a guy who covers the Oilers, right? And I don't think the Oilers players would can would condone any of that. Again, this is not supposed to be directed towards the Edmonton Oilers because the Oilers, uh, again, Sportsnet doesn't work for the Oilers. And uh, Mark Spector covers them, but um, but if you're a writer that is going to say things like that and try and bury an organization that has had more success uh, 
in the past 10 years than the Oilers have, I think is is asinine. I think it's out of control. I think it's, um, I think it's it, it's bad on his own career, right? I I get a, an opportunity to uh, work in PR. I work as a sports information director, which is the college equivalent of a media relations director, and um, have uh, spoken with the media relations team not since this incident, but um, the great media relations staff over at the Arizona Coyotes. They're always so professional. Um, but as a, a sports information director, a media relations director, when you see a guy that writes something like that, you don't want to give him credentials to games. You don't want him into the building. You don't want him talking to your players. And uh, again, at Sportsnet, they had the huge deal with the NHL. I get it. I don't know if, again, I don't work in the organization. I wouldn't know um, in depth in terms of what happens with guys that are a part of an organization or a part of a, a group that is paying big money to the NHL. But, you know, you got to think that he is not going to be the most liked man in a Gila River Arena press box. And uh, again, look, you write something controversial to gain clicks, fine, right? If it's fact-based, um, then... It's acceptable to a point, but what Mark Spector did was just came out and said some un, just untrue things. I think that's what's the most irritating part about it is he just comes out and he just flat out says untrue things. And um, again, I, I think what gets me is it, it sounds, and a lot of people have said this as well, so I'm not going to take credit for this, but... It sounds like he's just whining that the Coyotes shut down McDavid and Drysaddle, right? And McDavid scores that amazing goal to start. And after that, the Coyotes put the clamps on. They did um, allow a goal in the waning moments. Uh, ended up having to go to overtime and won. But outside of that, they couldn't do anything. And um, I think for the Coyotes, it's almost bulletin board material, right? The the Hurricanes had a bunch of jerks. A lot of people are saying that uh, this could be the bunch of jerks for the Coyotes. It comes a lot earlier in the season than I think anybody was expecting, but uh, it, it could be that bulletin board material, and I just don't know. I don't know what you say to that, right? If you're a player, do you read that and you just laugh? I Again, I'm not a professional athlete. I don't know the mind of, of the, the room in the Coyotes. But if it were me, if I were in that room, I would almost laugh at it. It's You read it and you just read it like it's uh, an old man, which I feel like with the Hurricanes, that's what they did when Don Cherry called them a bunch of jerks. They just kind of they adopted it and they kind of ran with it, but they felt it was almost laughable. And that's what this article is. It's laughable. Again, the Coyotes, if they turn it around and use it for marketing purposes, it's genius. But uh, that article, almost laughable, and it, it hurt to read. It hurts your eyes to read. He calls it slow. He calls it they're grinding it down. Um, get what you pay for, low value, uh, low excitement. I, I don't know which game. It felt like that was the first Coyotes game that he had watched. And I... I Mark Spector has been covering hockey for a long time. And 
for him to not understand that the Coyotes are going out and they're playing a a hard road game. They're going to grind it out. They're going to slow it down, especially against one of the league's, uh, maybe the league's two best forwards. I'll say top three. Nathan McKinnon is definitely in there. But again, the the league's top three, top five, two of the league's top five forwards. And to come out and write that article to say, oh, they slow it down and you know, they're not very entertaining. Fine, right? You want to come out, oh, the Coyotes slowed it down and kind of snoozed everybody to death to pick up the win. Fine. But to come out and say that basically this team is worthless because they don't just let the puck fly and just get in a track meet with the Oilers is insane. And if you watched any of that Blues game uh, tonight against Edmonton, I got a chance to catch uh, most of it before I jumped on the pod here. Again, that game ended 5-2, to two, but there's uh, an empty net goal at the end. Um, the Blues, they did the same thing. They were hitting the Oilers. They were slowing them down. They were grinding out the middle of the ice. Dreisaitl was frustrated. The Blues did the same thing. And um, eerily enough, I, I feel that the Blues aren't going to get the same article or the same treatment that the Coyotes did. But again, for the Coyotes... Uh, I, I don't think uh, those guys, not that the, they're going to forget it, but not going to affect them all that much. Maybe if it does, it motivates them. But again, for the Coyotes, uh, just a way to gr- draw more attention. If they're going to turn into a positive, they can draw more attention uh, positively to themselves. And again, as, as I saw, something um, really could turn into uh, what somebody else had, had called the bunch of jerks moments like the Hurricanes have. So uh, the Coyotes, the opportunity to just like the Hurricanes turn uh, negative words into uh, a powerful marketing tool on their way to hopefully a playoff appearance. As we always do here on Locked On Coyotes, take a quick look at action around the league. Uh, Again, everything wrapped up tonight. Only two games, kind of a quiet night. Um, The American national television game as uh, the Rangers took down the Red Wings 5-1. The Rangers trying to climb back into it, but um, again, just struggling against the really good teams are 6-6-1, six, six, and one, and that's definitely what it feels like they're at. It feels like they beat the teams that they're supposed to, and then when they play a good team, they, they struggle. Uh, so, but the Rangers, back to 500. They're at uh, 5-1 victory over the Red Wings. Uh, former Coyote Tony D'Angelo scores a goal. Kreider and Ryan Strom all in the second. Greg McKegg, his first of the year, shorthanded, and Panarin in the third. Valtteri Filippola, the only goal scorer for the Red Wings. And then we alluded to earlier, the Blues, 5-2 winners over the Oilers. That is uh, the second straight victory for St. Louis after a 3-on-0 goal in overtime to end it against Vancouver. They go on the road and, and really take it to Edmonton for most of the night. Uh, Schwartz and Petranzolo score. Robert Thomas is third, and then Bozak. And Barbashev, two empty net goals shorthanded. So uh, even though they were empty net, technically counts as shorthanded. So the Blues, two shorthanded goals. McDavid, of course, scores again. Power play goal. I uh, got the scoring started in that game. And then Zach Cassian at 11-0-2. So uh, the Oilers, that team is uh, starting to come back to earth a little bit. But uh, so much talent on that top line. You don't. 
you don't want to count him out, but uh, James Neal seems to get be getting a little quieter. Um, just don't. It's just hard to tell what this Oilers team is going to be. It feels like they're starting to drop back to what they were. Um, and uh, right now, their goal differential is only a plus two. Um, they're four, four and two in their last ten, and the Coyotes and the Canucks slowly creeping up on Edmonton. If the Coyotes win tomorrow night, they do take over first place in the Pacific Division, at least for the moment. I do believe, as we take a look at Thursday's games, the Canucks actually have, uh, no, they do travel to Chicago. That is correct. I knew they were playing Chicago. I wasn't sure where it is in the Windy City. Uh, and speaking of that, going over the games tomorrow, um, busy day once again. The Golden Knights stay on the East Coast. They're in Toronto. Uh, the Capitals and the Panthers in what is surprisingly going to be a really good Eastern Conference matchup. wasn't sure about how things would play out for the Panthers after their tough start, but uh, good look for them where they're at at the moment. The Islanders going for 11 in a row as they host Pittsburgh, and the Canadians go to Philadelphia to take on the Flyers, the Rangers. Second game of a back-to-back as they take on the Hurricanes. All those games listed, those are 7 p.m. Eastern time. 5 p.m. Arizona time starts, 4 p.m. Pacific at 7.30 Eastern, 5.30 Arizona time, Kings and the Senators, as well as the Canucks and the Blackhawks at 6, Predators at Avalanche again. Feels like those two teams have played a lot recently. And also at 7 o'clock Arizona time, the Devils head to Calgary to take on the Flames. As always, Coyotes, Blue Jackets at 7, and then a super late one for those of you who are the Night Owls. A, an 8.30 Arizona time start Sharks and the Wild as it's two teams trying to pull themselves back to where they feel that they belong. Um, take a quick look at the standings again with uh, everybody taking, uh, well, not necessarily voluntarily taking the night off, but not a lot of action, no things really change. The Blues win gives them uh, now a five-point lead over the Nashville Predators. That was their sixth straight win. And the win for the Rangers pulls them to 13, which, as we discussed earlier at the moment, that is six points out, or uh, five points out of a wild card spot. But they're starting to get themselves back into that group of competitors. Another team starting to get themselves back into it, New Jersey. They've won two straight, and we have uh, finally turned around. Could do the Coyotes a favor and knock off the Flames to pick up their third straight. Um, again, nothing's really changed. Detroit and Ottawa still tied. For the uh, East's worst record and the league's worst record, Detroit's played three more games. Um, take a look over at the West. Uh, again, outside of uh, St. Louis winning, nobody, nothing's really changed. Edmonton's still in first, so the idle night gives the Oilers yet another day in first place, but we'll see if that lasts, depending on how Vancouver and Arizona play tomorrow night. And speaking of tomorrow... And tune into Locked On Coyotes. Still not sure uh, whether we're going to get a uh, pregame or a, a pre, yeah, pregame, but not like right before the game or a postgame show. Most likely will be a postgame show, but be on the lookout for that. If you want to follow me on Twitter, it is at S A S K E L S O N 96. Once again, S A S K E L S O N 96. Want to follow the show on Twitter? 
at LO underscore Coyotes. It is at LO underscore Coyotes. Once again, I appreciate you joining me here. We'll talk to all you lovely people tomorrow. And as always, we hope you stay locked on Coyotes.